work really ha- needs to happen in the head. Like I used to think that it was the work was on the paper. Wrong. It's in the head first. Yeah, he's like, I'm going for power. And power is just that, like that thing that when you look at it from, you know, 20 meters away, like you know exactly what's happening. You can't emulate somebody else's lived experiences because they are not yours. Just go in, like the fight is within yourself every single day. They were saying that this looks like a Spanish talk show. Cuéntame lo que pasó. Tell me what happened. <laughs> is it like a like those bad ones that are very good? Yeah, like drama and stuff. With uh, drama. Okay. Your mother-in-law. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Claudia. First Hi. of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you for making your time. So, Claudia de Sabe, where are you from originally? I'm from Padova, which is a medium-sized city from the northeast of Italy. This reminds me, like, when I asked a guy, approximately, can you tell me the size of the tattoo you want? And it was medium. Like, hmm, okay. <laughs> And um, how long have you been tattooing for? It's going to be 20 years next year. Okay. And um, how did it start for you? Like, How did it start? Um, well, I was a little kid into punk and metal and everything that, you know, all the things you're not supposed to be doing. Like all the good tattooers. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. They all come from punk. Yeah, I think so, no? Like our generations, I think. We'll see post 2000. I don't know what's the, what's the you know how people fell in love with tattooing, but that, that for me was that. Um, I used to read a magazine. I don't even remember, like a metal magazine. It was like a, an advert for the Bologna Tattoo Convention, and I was 14 years old. And I was like, Mom, can we go to this thing? You know, it's a cultural event. It's going to be music, art show, some tattooing, but you know, it's mostly like cultural thing. And I was like, okay. So we got all my family. My sister was like four years old. We went inside. My mom already outside was like, what is this thing? And I went in and I just like ran, right? Like I just went inside the aisle, just like looking and seeing people like, you know, getting tattooed and like machines and everything. And my mom would just feel like somebody pulling my <laughs> shirt. And she just was like, what the fuck are we doing here? Are you insane? There's people doing drugs. <laughs> did, you, did you sell it to them with something like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a comic? It's a, cultural, a cultural event okay. with art exhibitions and stuff. I don't know why she believed me, like, oh, you know, but she was like, I'd maybe she wasn't expecting that. This was like 1994. So it wasn't this kind of convention. It was like a lot more bikers probably like tons of people smoking weed and you know the drugs and um so i lasted probably 45 minutes inside before <laughs> she dragged me out but that was it like that was for me it was the moment that i was like oh my god i love this thing and then it's been you know developing things like uh within our group of people 
you know, I was straight edge punk, you know, doing graffiti because when you live in a small town, like you do everything. There's no like, you don't belong to a culture. Like everything that is subculture is like, you know, open to everybody. So it was this melting pot of everything. And um, I had friends, uh, Kretz and Steffi. Okay. Yeah, Kretz is, you know, is so from you know them town. for a while. Yeah, okay. yeah. Marghera, no? Yeah, Marghera, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I've known them for like 25 years. Uh, Kretz was tattooing already, he was tattooing all of the hardcore kids. I didn't get tattooed because I was still underage. <laughs> so, but, you know, just you start being around that and seeing it all the time. And I saw the first books um, with Japanese bodysuits, Rancho. I saw it in his tattoo shop and I was like, oh my God, this is like nothing my brain could ever comprehend. Yeah, because in that time in Italy was just like, at least for me, mm -hmm. the, you know, we didn't have really a tattoo culture like the Americans or the no. Japanese or, no. you know, natives and stuff. So the, the only tattoos that I've seen was either fantasy black and gray now and then with like yeah, a dragon old, uh, fairies, fairies yeah. or tribals like yeah. especially ultra hooligans and stuff yeah. right so you see that and it's like what is this yeah it's just it wasn't something oh you would see like you know a koi like but it would be something small right like just some never a full sleeve or a full body suit and of course there was people doing it you know but it was it wasn't mainstream like tattooing was never mainstream in Italy like the old time that I've been there so just being exposed to that and just having that kind of approach into tattooing in the right way in a sense mm. you know through traditional uh, American and traditional Japanese and you know traditional also European um, I, w I feel like I was very lucky because I didn't have to unlearn some things and relearn them, f you know, the right way. I saw beautiful stuff, like, you know, from the beginning. Um, so, yeah, that's how kind of got into it. And when did you start getting tattooed? Huh? When did you start getting tattooed? At 19, like, you know, as soon as finished school, left my parents' house, I started getting tattooed. They were happy? Oh, so happy. <laughs> so happy. <laughs> Um, but, you know, like, I think for them, especially because I didn't get one, I got four the first time, like, you know, because if I gotta go, I gotta go, <laughs> like, okay. all out. And, and yeah, at first it was places where I could hide them from them, just to not rub it in their faces too much. But then, you know, they were quite traditional, but then also kind of open-minded. They were like, listen just do it with your head, like in clean places, you know, don't just know what you're doing and just don't do it in fucking mm. hands and face and because you're going to, you might regret it. Just take your time. Like I mean, for that time, it's pretty, uh, pretty open-minded. It's yeah. pretty progressive. Huh? Yes. My parents have been like, for being, if you meet them, like if, if anyone would have met them, they would never thought they were progressive people. Um, they were quite traditional for many things, but for them it was kind of like they told me always to think with your head. And so anything I wanted, you know, since I was like fucking, I don't know, 12 years old, I, I had to make an essay of why I wanted something, just nice. prove to them that it was worth, you know, 
whatever. So it was never like a no with anything. It was kind of like a conversation that sometimes I'll lose and sometimes I'll win and sometimes I'll get what I wanted, sometimes I didn't. Um, so in that sense, they kind of, you know, I think when I told them I wanted to start tattooing and already finished university and I had like, you know, top of the class, like I finished like flying, you know. What did you study? I studied, um, it was a short degree, like nothing too long or complicated. Uh, I always say it's an easy one. Um, it was like, um, like broadly art and like it was one of those things where you're supposed to become like an event planner for, uh, you know, the council or whatever, like just so knowing the art history, but also knowing the practical side of uh, putting like an event together, basically. Mm. Does that help you now? Uh, I forgot everything, yeah. <laughs> but it was really nice. <coughs> like my uh, final essay was all on... Um, uh, Victorian England and uh, the pre-cinema shows and there's a lot of iconography that actually was in tattooing also so I did a whole fucking thing about Connections that. And stuff. Yeah, the connection, you know, tattooing reflects the society at that time. So um, it was, so I, I started nerding out and then soon after I started tattooing and when I first started tattooing, I was drawing a lot of Victorian subjects and I was inspired all by, you know, the uh, folk art or like uh, others, you know, design drawing style of that era. So it wasn't really a waste of time. University it was mm. fun, um, but it didn't really... Like, it didn't turn into a job because I was like, I'm not getting in office at 22 years old. Yeah. No way. And you think that, because you always liked England somehow, or that was just a coincidence you end up in England? It was a pure coincidence. Like, uh, until I finished university, like, I'd never been in England. And I always thought, ah, oh, fuck London. Like, all my friends, you know, Italians, they used to go to every London. summer to London, squat in some places, get fucked up on drugs, and then come back in September and carry on school. That was kind of like... Let it out. Yeah, what people used to do, like my friends. And I was like, ah, oh, that doesn't sound like appealing to me. And I always thought of London as such a big city and like noise and, you know, tall buildings. And so I was like, that doesn't appeal to me. And I always kind of liked it. Italy. It wasn't, you know... I wasn't like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. It was never like that. Um, it just happened that once I started tattooing, I start. I, I went to meet a friend of mine from university. She moved to London. I was like, oh, you know, I want to have some money. I'm going to come and see you so I can stay at your house. And uh, when I got to London, I was like, oh, my God, this is not what I thought it was. Everything, you know, felt ve it's very different now. Like in 20 years, it's changed dramatically but I always felt like I never felt overwhelmed by the building you know everything was like three story eyes and high and they're like beautiful Victorian red bricks blue sky what is beautiful weather London mm. is beautiful and the architecture like all of it I just fell in love and said, this place is beautiful and of course you know at that stage I was into tattooing and uh, I was buying magazine, and I knew about Into You. 
So I started tattooing at home. Terrible. Kids I know. don't do it. Huh? Kids don't do it at home. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then I was like, oh, I'm just going to go to see into you. And I went there and, uh, and I saw Ian Flowers' portfolio. And I was like, fuck, it's kind of like, it looks a lot like a Ryoshi third. And I was, you know, in that moment, I was like, that So was you already top. knew enough. Well, you to know, to just see that yeah. distinction, huh? Yeah, well, at that stage, I've been to already a few other conventions. So I did see, like, over into you. They came to, I think it was another one. It was Bologna again. Or Flo was it Florence? I've, I don't I think it was Bologna. And it, w it was um, Mickey. Um, um, Mickey was involved in the uh, organization of that one, I think. And it was Oriyoshi Third. And his family came uh, into you, Philip, uh, Mick from Zurich, Rudy Frisch, like just some people, just you know, just the like the Godfather. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so at that stage, I've been already a bunch of times. I'm kind of like started seeing and you know, just studying and nerding and like you know and all of this was of course with no internet or very little like you know beep beep mm. like that internet <laughs> yeah exactly like 20 minutes waiting in front of the computer for anything to happen uh so it was magazines books whenever you could find them uh you know as i said crest he had great books in there already like books that you know you couldn't, you had to travel to buy mm. that you don't find in any bookstore. There wasn't like the tattoo section like there is now in any bookstore. Like, so it was very, I think it, in a sense, it was easier because there was a little, and the little that we had was great stuff. Mm. Now I think there's like so much information, so much of everything. And I think if I was to get into tattooing now, it would be so overwhelming and so confusing. Uh, but back then, it's like, it was that little bit that you get, like you, like the pages of the books and the magazines, they were just like, you know, destroyed. Like, cause you go through them so many times. For the whole month, I remember like yeah. when, let's, you know, at that time now, you know, with the change of medias and stuff, and now press is not so big as yeah. before. But I remember Tattoo Life or Tattoo Energy, you know, coming out, and you're like, you're waiting at the kiosk, whatever, you know. And then when it come out, the cool thing is that you would know by the end of the month or after two weeks, every single tattoo by the millimeter. Because yeah. you got like 40 pictures in total or something, you know. And then you study each one of them. Yeah. And that's the other side of now how things are because it's great that you have so much information, but you can see a back piece that is impeccable and you go like, yeah. it's just too much. You know, but again, you know, like yeah. good and bad. And um, so you were tattooing at home, mm -hmm. right? And then when did you start, when did you get access to a, you know, more, a more professional settings like this? Like, okay, I'm going to do this for a job. So... I met this guy called Andy, Andy Tattoo from Rovigo. And he was, at that time, he probably been tattooing already for 15 years, maybe longer. And he, he had his own shop. Because in Italy, to tattoo, you need to have a permit 
like and you need to do i don't even remember three 300 hours i don't remember how many hours like now yeah like yeah, yeah now it's still on so when i started is when they start doing this thing so you have to go to the hospital like once a week stay there 10 hours have doctors telling you about the cell and you know <laughs> just biology classes like yeah. i was like okay whatever so and then so when i did that course he was there and uh, you know it was half of was beauticians that they were doing the you know semi-permanent and the other half was tattooers and he was the oldest one in there and i was into japanese tattooing he was in love with philip Lu, like any japanese tattooing in overall so for him getting to know somebody that just started that was into Japanese stuff, he was like, oh my God, like, so we just mm. got on really well uh, right away. And um, so after this course, it was like, well, God, he was like, he liked me as a person. And I think he liked the fact that we could, we share an interest together and that nobody around him could because he was the only one in the shop working and nobody in his town cared about it. Um, so that summer I went to, thanks to Ian Flower, because at that point Ian started doing my sleeves. So when I went to London, I was like, I want you to do it. So he was doing my sleeves. Um, and then he put me in touch with, um, Dante from Thrift Street. And he was like, if you want to come for six weeks this summer and just do walk-ins and learn you can do that so that summer i went i did my six weeks in free street and i tattooed anything that was coming through the door i learned a lot because until then i probably did 15 tattoos in my house uh, on my friends and myself and then um and then so when i got back to italy andy was like hey if you want to come and do like all the little shit that i don't want to do anymore you can come to my shop and do that. So that's like, you know, Free Street is my first shop I worked at on, you know, on paper, like as a, you know, guest type of thing. Which is crazy because it's like it's a, a super, super start. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, my first convention was the London convention. Like when I look back, I'm like, I've been so fucking lucky, like with everything. Who was there at the time at Free Street? It was me, uh, Thomas Super. Uh, Nicole Lowe, Ian Flower, Aaron Hewitt, uh, Charlie Brown, and who else? I think that was it. And I don't remember if Piotr was there already or not. I think it was still kind of a small crew. Um, and then I go back to Italy. I worked with Andy for four months, and then Nicolo left uh, Free Street to work at, uh, into you, and uh, then he called me and was like, hey, there's an open, do you want to move here and start working? I was like, sure. So I moved to London, I started working at Free Street uh, with Ian Flower. Ian Flower is the person who basically helped me with everything. Introduce you. And, and he told me how to make needles, like what needles to use. He Lemmy, which is insane. I think by the third of s third session of my arm, uh, he lent me machines 
it's like to somebody that he never like he met three times he was like hey take back home these machines try them out uh next time and like here's some needles try them uh buy these colors so i went home i used them and i was like i didn't know nothing mm. i I didn't even know a difference between like a liner and a shader. Like I didn't, I, I had no idea. But I'm sure like, you know, because it, it might sound like, oh, Madonna, uh, Madonna. <laughs> 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 oh God, uh, you've been so lucky at cross path with this and this and that. But I, I don't believe that. I, b I believe that there is a, a degree of coincidence, but I think it's because these people, each one of these people, Dante, uh, Ian, and the, you know they must have seen something, right? So if we could say something as a side note, also to younger people, whatever, I'm sure that they saw, okay, you from the start, because perhaps you cross path with Kras, you, you you came across the right book or whatever. Mm -hmm. You from the start had that type of uh, mental, <coughs> you know, vision and that kind of uh, curiosity and respect, perhaps, for tattooing that. Let's say real tattooing, you know, and then it, what is real tattooing? But you know, yeah. like you were really into Japanese, so something that is really uh, is something that people arrive after a long time, and you yeah, from the sure. start had that, so people must have seen like, okay, you're really serious about this. I, you know, I just went there um, with a sketchbook, and I used to do graffiti as well. So my sketchbook was half graffiti, half tattoo stuff, both of them mixed together. And um, Ian liked it because he liked weird stuff. And he li I don't know, like, I think it's like, you know, we're talking about 20 years ago. I think there was a lot less, even London had less than 10 good shops. London, like less than 10 good, good, good tattoo shops. Uh, and the other tattoo shops would be just in Camden. Now mm. there's tattoo shops everywhere. So I think if like, creating connection was easier in a sense because there wasn't anyone coming through the door every every day just asking to be an apprentice or stuff like that it wasn't that big and so i think it was easier maybe to spot the people that were really into it like for the good reason or whatever like or that they, w they were oh, willing to put in the work and yes stuff, yeah. you know like and i think as well with ian every time i would see him like, cause, you know, at that time I was a waiter, a waitress, and I was delivering newspapers. I had shitty jobs, so it's not like I could afford to fly to London and mm -hmm. get tattooed like every month. So it would be like once every two months, two and a half months. And every time you see me, like, I'll bring more drawings and, like, I'll, you know, pictures of the latest tattoo that I did like so I'll put effort into it and I think he appreciated that um, that I can say that I'm not gonna be humble about it I'm a really fucking hard worker you know northeast of Italy we're like whew, fucking obsessed with that shit um, so um, I really put in a lot for the little bit I could afford and do you know even buying Archie's paper for me at that time was really expensive it was a sacrifice it meant like i buy paper or i eat mm. like you know it's like i couldn't afford to drink a coffee outside my house like it was everything was a sacrifice but i would you know i was doing it like happily like that would give me such a good feeling 
that yeah fuck eating now white pasta will do you know yeah it gets you high almost. yeah yeah it's just like you got something it's everything is precious so mm. and i think that especially today not to brag you know but not to preach whatever but just today i think this is a very good example very beautiful example of in a world where now perhaps information is widely available and easy reachable material whatever you know connection this and that it's a good reminder of you appreciate certain things so much because you had some degree of struggle to get mm -hmm. to it so also a reminder of okay look when you get across a certain kind of information or someone shares something with you you know not to give it for granted just because that's how everything is now you know just because like look remember you still need to kind of you know appreciate but and yeah. when did you meet Utah? Utah? we met so i think we seen each other like around floating milan convention london convention like just just places because he used to travel a lot so he was always like you know on the road a lot and then we met better uh, when i went to san francisco in 2000 i think it was like 12 2012 or 13 something like that but i was traveling by myself and um at that stage um grimy sent me a message and was like hey just wanted to say uh, i see your tattoos i think they're fucking awesome if you ever come to san francisco stop by the shop and say hi so i was like Fucking, I'm coming. <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs> I'm coming to say hi. Grimy calls you, you go. Yeah, of course. Like, he was, m like, you know, my God, of course, graffiti, tattooing, like, who more than Grime? Like, so, um, so I went there and Grimy was there and Yutar was there. Because let me, l I don't know if I'm, tell me if I'm wrong. Like, he was, or, or open together, or was it Primal Urge with Grammy and Marcos Pacheco? Yes, and, right? he was with and them. was a fourth, was the fourth? I don't remember. Uh, I was talking the other last yeah. week about this. But anyway, he was, he was He was with this. them, yeah. yeah. And then he, they, I don't remember, if I think after that was um, uh, Artwork Rebels with um, Jason Candle. So they were uh, Artwork Rebels together there, and then uh, Grimy opened up Skull and Sword. And that's where I met uh, Yutaro Beta. Uh, and then we stayed in touch here and there, uh, you know, after that, and then the year after we got together. And how is it to be, how is it the life with another tattooer? Because, you know, I ask people, friends, you know, ne I never had a partner as a tattooer also, mm -hmm. you know, but some people say it's better because they understand your, you know, it's an obsession, this job, yeah. you know? so. Other people is like, no, uh, you know, I, I am s with someone that is completely opposite, so it gives me a break, you know, and, and it goes down to personalities and stuff. Yeah. How is it for your life with, with him? Well, in my life, my all my relationship have been with either tattooers or graffiti writers or musicians. So for me, it's like it needs to be a creative person. I get bored very easily. If you do a job I don't care zero about, like I was on out 20 seconds into the conversation. Um, so for me, it's essential. Like, yes, tattooers understand. Like for me, I find like, you know, with guitar, I'm like, I need to draw. Like there is nothing else. Like I don't need to add 
Yeah, explain. Explain. Yeah. It's like, why don't you watch TV with me tonight? You fucking know why I'm working. Like, and it's the self-employed life. Is the obsessed, creative life. Um, there's no need to explain. And of course, this is lucky because you know, as I said, I had relationship with other people. They were creative also, and you know. Then there's other issues like whether it's like competition or jealousy or envy. With Utara, we are in a place where like you know, we now with that we have a son is a bit different. But until like you know, my son started being a little bit needing more attention, we will have. You know, we would draw, still draw in the same room next to each other. Like, we don't even need to speak. Like, there's no... And the way they we even help each other with the design, like, there's never... We never get offended. Like, if I say, oh, I think, you know, this looks a bit weird. Or he says, like, oh, I think, you know, you need to fix that dragon claw because I, I'm not good at drawing them. So he's always fixing them. Like, stuff like that. He's, like, it's very easy. And there's no ego there's no like we're quite supportive of each other whatever you know uh stage we are at of our career mm. let's say and how did becoming a mom change your let's see at least your tattoo life uh it made time for myself much more precious um you know when I, now that I have my son, I look back, I was like, oh my God, I wasted so much time. Like everything was like, you know, and I was like with the drama, I was like, oh my God, I had to do the drawing for tomorrow and I'll be fucking around like for ages. And now let's say that all the work really ha needs to happen in the head. Like I used to think that it was, the work was on the paper, wrong. It's in the head first, so, you know, there's been moments where I couldn't, like, literally it would be 20, half an hour minutes that I had to, like, sketch something quickly and just started to clean it up. So before that, I would do, I would just think, I would just see the tattoo in my head, like, see the design, see everything where it needed to be, and then I would sit down, sit down, sketch it quickly on the iPad, or on piece of paper, tiny piece of paper, like, you know, almost post-it size. And then, like, to have the structure there, and then later on, blow it out and just have time to put in the details. But, um, yeah, it just made me, made me appreciate the time that I have for myself and to do this. And, uh, yeah, it just, uh, it changed how I work, but I think for the better. Yeah, I'm way more efficient. That's interesting. Like there was a guy that, that uh, you know, Spider Man. Mm -hmm. You know, when when at some point his his uncle dies, whatever, he tells him like, from a great power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. And then there is other dude. I was listening to a podcast. His name is Jim Quick. He's like a memory expert. And then he says, for me, from great responsibility comes great power. Mm -hmm. You know. So I think that when it's something like this, like okay, look, I cannot allow. I, I don't have the luxury to fuck around yeah. and be like, you know, because I need to be efficient. So then that gives you power somehow because now it sounds like you're more like laser focused. You're like, I can't just like, Neh, I need yeah. to really, right? Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, it, it has to be like that. Otherwise, I couldn't like, you know, and I'm, um, I think the hunger for 
create whether it's painting or you know tattoos or whatever has changed as well like before it was just like greediness almost now everything but that i think it's just natural with age as well like um i still want to do loads of other things i still want to learn to do pottery and uh, ceramics and paint and learn oil paintings and you know just explore as much Medium as possible yeah just learn things like i want to learn and i don't want to get stuck it's not there's something bad with you know doing something over and over and over but it's not my personality as i said i get bored very easily so my brain needs to have inputs of some kind and i just can't do it um with uh and you know the expectations you have of yourself also increase because your experience you put so much already into it like into art in general like uh, uh, the the expectation that you have the expectations you have for yourself is to be already above beginner you know so if there's a humbling mm -hmm. there all the time happening all the time but also there's that's where being focused and you know, just, just put that concentration in is really important, you know. So I have one day that I can go to the ceramic studio and I come out of that place like in pieces, like my brain is fucking melted because I'm learning something I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, you're still in that place where you had to figure yeah, out so much. Yeah, just figure everything out. Yeah. And, uh, and and I'm the thing with being a mom, I like that now I'm better at switching. Like, you know, it's kind of like, I'll go and work tattoo, then the day after it would be like painting and then it would be pottery and then it would be t drawing for tattoos. And like before I was like, oh, it takes me a couple of days to get into my paintings. And I'm like, no, you don't have a couple of days. You gotta do it now. So I sit down and I, and I just go for it. Like, and, or like, you know, at nighttime, put the baby in bed, everybody's asleep. I sit down, just push two hours of painting and then day after go to work, get up, do whatever. It's on the calendar that day, but I really try to maximize and push as much as possible. Then on my days off, I'm dead. Mm. But like, can I'm you manage to switch off? If you can, of course. You, you know, you had the baby, so like the kid. But my, it's it's a lot shorter the time you know that I switch off. But my switching off is like, you know, if I go with my son, we play like football in the field, like. Like that's switching off, like, and it might be sometimes physically demanding a little bit, but mentally, like, he relaxes me so much because he's just like laughing about stupid shit, mm. you know. It's just like easy, fun, simple, and really zen, also because you had to be there. Yeah, you can't be like, Oh, I'm doing this and thinking about like, no, you had to be there, otherwise, they they know, oh, and they give you shit so much <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like so, so he's so like much. your little teacher right yes yes always yeah he is um um yeah he is a little teacher he's always checking like he's always like you know if i'm on the phone oh forget about it like mommy 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 like until i go fucking insane it's like what yeah okay okay i got you <laughs> like i understand That's so cool. yeah and what would you uh, um, what do you like to do particularly this day 
let's say in terms of like tattooing and painting, you know, because they all change and that's the beauty of it, right? Yeah. Year after year, five years after five years, like cycles, whatever. Like these days, right? What's your favorite stuff? They're like, oh man, I had so much fun with that. It could be, a, I've seen all these spaces you started doing in, again different, but yeah. you know, something they're like, oh, with that, I had so much fun. I could do it forever. Uh, subject wise? Subject, style, technique, whatever. So, I like, at the moment, well, of course, faces are always fun. I love it. Uh, but I feel like it's got some restrictions in terms of size, like, you know, or um, snakes, of course, chrysanthemums, of course. Uh, those are like, you know, they kind of take all my boxes, which is stupid amount of lines. Um and you can move them around the body as much as you want. Like the you can mold them. Yeah, yeah. it just they just so suited to be on any size, any part of the body. Um, so I really enjoy that. Um, that is <laughs> relaxing to me, like because I feel quite confident with it. I've done it so many times and know how to uh, how to do it. So it's fun. I like dragons, but I'm not very, very good at it. So, like, that is, like, I would like to do more and learn more. That That is my my thing at the moment. Like, I want to do more dragons and get really good and get... It's not even get really good at it. It's just, like, feeling a place... We understand it more. Yeah, where you feel confident and, like, you know, and you can play more with it because with confidence you can play more and you play in the right way so you're not gonna fuck up somebody you know because you don't quite understand that design mm -hmm. fully so like for me dragons i'm like i stick to the very basic you know like i don't do this crazy like f uh, you know like oliver mcintosh style like you know of beautiful complex designs like i do like the more simple traditional one but i think i need to l understand that before starting to add something but it's more my own to it but i think dragons is like that's my you know your chimera that's my fucking like mount everest to climb <laughs> like i feel like it's kind of like also dragons like i think it's like japanese like a never-ending journey because yeah. even once you get it i'm sure it's the same thing as if you would find yourself 15 years ago 15 years ago you were thinking oh if one day i would be where you are now i would be happy and then you get this like no one day it's a, the horizon oh. keep moving yeah. right so with dragons is the same thing yeah. japanese you know you get oliver mckintosh i'm sure he's there he's like oh man but i need to right yeah, yeah and is there someone that you look not necessarily up to but you really appreciate the dragons that could be either you know tattooers today or, mm -hmm. or artists from the past you know like somebody like that one really resonates with me at least now uh, so i mean ichibei is one ichibei dragons are beautiful i like i like that um traditional look but he's got a class and um he can draw so well it's insane he can draw for real and just seeing him doing it, because when he, he used to come to the London Convention, he would stay with us um, for a few days before and after. Um, and he saw 
he would just wake up, you know, just have breakfast, and then which is coffee and biscuits, and uh, and then it would be just rolling out like the mat. Like he would draw paint on the floor, like in my house, and just like put his inks next to him, brush, and would just like like. And just seeing him doing that as well, I was like, man, he's so efficient. Like, he doesn't need a room, you know, to paint, mm -hmm. you know, to be an artist and in my space. No, yeah. nothing like that. Floor, you know, free for brushes, water, few inks, and you just go. Like, uh, it's so seeing people, that is not what you have. It's like your mental place that can lead you to do things. Like, it was so you know, enlightening. Um, yeah, it's just, um, so for him, for me, his dragons are amazing. Like, I look at them and like, that's for me, it's, it's it. like, that's where I'm right now looking and uh, learning. Make um, from Zurich always be my favorite in terms of like European, you know, Japanese stuff. Even Sazi, incredible, bold, but powerful as hell. Um, who else? Oliver, of course. Um, uh, Ori, Oritsune, Bushi Oritsune, second, and uh, Oritoshi. Yeah, that's my go-to. Like they're they're all completely different, mm. but that's where I'm at right now. Like, it's just learning. Like, I'm just trying to understand. But they all have, like, that power. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. it's not like... Mm, it's not They all have in yeah. different ways, but it's like they have power. Yeah. Right? I, like, I, I interviewed a guy uh, in New Zealand, right? A Maori native tattooer. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he said, obviously with that kind of tattooing, you know? And he's like... It's the simplicity that brings the power, right? And, and, and it's such a simple statement, but sometimes it takes you 20 years to get it. Yeah. You know, because you keep adding details and details. And yeah, details. look at Yutaro. You know, he's, he's gone from being, like, you know, very much influenced by Mick from Zurich and, like, all of his, you know, wild, you know, working next to Grimy. And now he's way more traditional, way mm. more bold. And... Um, yeah, he's like, I'm going for power. And power is just that, like that thing that when you look at it from, you know, 20 meters away, like you know exactly what's happening. Mm. It's funny, the way forward is less. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's hard for me because, you know, <laughs> I love fucking details everywhere. I'm the same. I don't know if, it, if because we are Italian, but uh, I we, think grew up, you know, we, we grew up with that architecture and stuff. And for your girls face it, which are you, you're famous for, and people look up to you for mm -hmm. that a lot because they have a very distinguished aesthetic. Very fine, very simple, but also very... It's hard to tell, you know, what informed or what created that because it's a lifetime of what you're exposed to and what you like and stuff. But yeah. if you were to think about something that along the line, amongst other things, might have created this very specific Claudia de Sabe look, mm. you know, what, what could that be? I'm sure, like, in Italy and any Victorian yeah. stuff, but what would I it think, be? you know, the simplicity, the part that is simple of it is definitely coming from uh, that traditional, like Western traditional faces that I used to do. 
um, and then they kind of evolved when I started traveling to Japan. And uh, growing up in Italy, we used to watch, you know, like anime, like Lady Oscar, mm-hmm. The Rose of Versailles, I think they call it. Um, and she was my fucking hero, of course, oh you know. Lady, lady, lady. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just a full on tomboy, um, badass. And uh, the drawing style of the faces and the, you know, hair and stuff. Um, you know, grew up with it. And then I remember I was traveling to Japan and uh, I was just walking and w- I just came across this shop that was probably two by two meters and it was just from the floor up to the ceiling and all of the ceiling, it was just trinkets and vintage toys and weird stuff. And I saw this, um, this like manga, like, with a girl face in there. And I don't even fully remember the girl face, but I remember like a fucking lightning bolt, like all of those years of watching Candy Candy and like all of this like manga stuff, this anime on TV. Uh, it just came like back in my brain and I just went back at the hotel and it wasn't a hotel, I was staying in the temple and um, just lying down and just start drawing the faces like with a heavy highliner and like changing some of the proportions and the way that I was doing it. And it, if you look at it, it doesn't look like manga at all. I don't think at least, but it's just like, like two things merged together and just like came out the way that it is now. So I think when people I see people that are trying to do the same thing. It's like if you're looking at my shit and I know because like I see if there is a lack of understanding of what what you know brought what created. Yeah, exactly. Which is you know, I'm not saying to people now, go home <coughs> and look like it's not that. Like I think everybody the the way for me to do something personal and uh, original is to go into your own personal experiences. You can't, um, what's the word? Um, You can't emulate somebody else's lived experiences because they are not yours. So, you know, you need to like, just, just fucking find in yourself your own voice. Like you can't try to it's like going at the end of the line and be like, okay, now I'm going to try to copy this, but without yeah. everything else. Just taking like the last piece. Yeah. Like usually I, I like to talk younger tattooers and stuff. And usually when it comes to, to this, like it's kind of like a little bit of the motto of this podcast, but I don't remember where I heard it, but it really, uh, I really like it. It says go to the roots, not to the fruits, right? And this is exactly the point, meaning I usually say, look, it's like if you would try to speak with another person's voice, or if you're trying to walk like them or dance like them, it's an act. Yeah. Because that walking is shaped by the way they grew up, by their body type, by this, by that, you know? It's so okay. it's just gonna be an imaginative. And also, two things. One, these people, like you, let's say, you took some information absorbed from many channels in many ways, or many walks of life. You digest it through your own personality, so you infuse it with your own thing, automatically select what you like, and you vomit this product, which has been digested from mm-hmm. you. If you take that 
you are using as a reference something that has already been digested by someone, so all the nutrients are gone, so it's a copy of a copy. That's a good po- like right? way of putting it. it yeah. It's been digested already, so it's been absorbed already. Yeah. And um, yeah, you, you can't just, you need to find what moves you, mm-hmm. also to be authentic and, 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 and yeah, original. Also, yeah. Right? And um, on the more, because people look up to you for many reasons, right? Because I, I, I hear this when I go to shops, when I talk to people, when I hear things, when I read comments, whatever, you know? So pe- many people look up to you uh, for many things. And I think that what makes you, 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 like many other artists, is not necessarily just, oh, because I read those mangas, because I did this thing. It, it's your whole life experiences, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's something that can be, or is very important for younger tattooers, is that's why in certain kinds of apprenticeships you do that and all of that. It's not even learning, but um, understanding how to go through moments that are not ideal, like setbacks, how to react, because that's life, yeah. right? It's never like, oh, just go there, it's going to be all nicer. Because at the first win, you go down, right? Oh, man, yeah. So without, you know, whatever you, you like to share or not, but can you think about something that has been very challenging for you, you know, at some point? And not necessarily, you know, uh, being too specific about that, but how did you overcome it? Like, how did you find the way to be like, oh, man, that was tough? And I managed to kind of... I think, you know, those moments in life, they just keep coming right like there's no like one moment only but i feel like um it's just perseverance like you 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 need to persevere like you can't you just need to keep going at it like and if one way doesn't work you gotta find another way like Mm, and I say that, but I'm thinking about it because I think probably with age, like when I was younger, I was a lot more aggressive in every sense of the word um, and stubborn, really stubborn. Like, you know, it would have to be that way only, but I learned that that's not the case. Like, but it's all about a fine line, you know, because sometimes it's like, are you stepping back or stepping down? Like, you know, from the challenge. So you need to, like, Yutaro always tells me, like, like be like water, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. which is the like, oh, you know, be like bamboo, like flexible, but you don't fucking break, right? Like you adapt to the circumstances. Um, I think there's that, like learning to, adapt and patience which i have little of and i'm learning to be more patient with myself as well like if i don't get something very first time around like you know in my head sometimes i'm like yeah you're the one that gets it right the second time around like you you don't have the first time luck Mm -hmm. type of thing you know like but it's because i give myself the chance of doing a second time like if the first time goes wrong I need to try again. And if the second time doesn't go, I need to keep on going. Like, there's no... Um, if it's something that is really, really important for me. And, and also, though, there I know that there's moments in life where sometimes you just need to be like, okay, this... Maybe the lesson is not... You know, for example, working at some shops, like, 
I try my best, like, you know, with personalities, with bosses, with circumstances, with everything. But sometimes it's not, it's just not it. Like, maybe you just need to learn from that, that, you know, these are not the things that work for you. Or there's too many things that you, in that moment in life, you cannot change to make it work. And you maybe need to reevaluate. But that doesn't mean giving up. It just means that the challenge and the change that is required is much bigger. And you need to look into that deeply. For me, Thrift Street was that. I'm forever grateful of that ex experience. But first shop to work at, it was a fucking hard place to yeah. be, you know? It's like, like you can't be at the same, like every day you're reminded you are not at the same level of the people that surrounds you. Uh, and it's great, like it gives you hell of a lot, but sometimes it's so much that you need to be like, well, maybe I can't handle all this. I need some quiet time and find more things like understand more things and mature differently you know mm -hmm. like sometimes it's just that as well and how did so i guess that's how red point was born red point was born from the you know by then i worked in one two three four five shops in london um and in 20 years, like, you know, it would be 15 years in London at that stage. And I was like, well, am I going to keep on working for other people? And I just, I get bored. I wanted a new challenge. Uh, you know, Teide and Yutaro. Yutaro, like, he would be happier probably in a private, you know, very mm. Japanese style. Uh, but he wanted to be with me and Taide, so he came along. And he also has skills that I don't have or Taide doesn't have as well. So it's a perfect, you know, he brings the perfect chilled element to the shop that we need because me and Taide, we're both Geminis, we're both crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> he's like, he brings the peace in. Um, but uh, Red Point came because... Uh, I, we just wanted a shop that was small and easy and we just wanted to have a place to do good tattoos and that's it. We didn't have any, you know, mission of being the best shop in the world like because I've been through places that had that need as well of being recognized, being seen, being this. So no, we just want to fucking do good tattoos, number mm -hmm. one rule of red point is do good tattoos the second rule is do good tattoos that's it take your fucking ego out come in and just do that that's that's what it is about like and we're in the shop you know there's no noise like we are everybody in there is so concentrated doing what they're doing the shop is super mellow there's no like it's what we wanted and you know it took time because we didn't just put a bunch of people in there to work. We selected selected slowly the, the people and just like got to know them and just have a, everybody gets on. We are all on the same page when it comes to improve, 
your skills, improve your uh, tattooing, improve your art, improve yourself as a person. Um, you know, like we are, and we're all supportive of each other in that terms. Like we all have moments where we feel uninspired and low or like, you know, like we're not the best that we could be or, you know, so w everybody has experience with anything, whether it's years of tattooing with Yutaro is like probably fucking, I don't know, nearly 30 years, I, I think he's going or, you know, anything like we can, we help each other out in that sense. So um, that's what I wanted and that, but I couldn't get in other places because of other dynamics, mm -hmm. like, you know, not to talk shit or anything like that. No, like just sometimes you know, like <coughs> no, personality like environments yeah. or even like, I don't know, maybe sometimes even the area. Uh, there are many things that just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you know, I think every single place I've been, it taught me something, like something that I wanted maybe for myself or something that I didn't want for myself. Um, and uh, I know I have zero expectations on how long the shop is going to last or what's going to happen. Um, you know, I'm if, he close, if we close tomorrow, I'll still be happy because mm. I, I feel like I achieved already what, what I wanted. Um, so, yeah. And I, I think that often that's the best way to actually be recognized or, or be seen or whatever by focusing again rather than on the end goal like I am doing this which is the tattoo the drawing for this you know and your priority is the end goal yeah you know but when you focus on the process rather than the goal and be like you know what I'm gonna give all my energy to the process then what comes out of it is gonna be the best yeah and that one as a consequence that you don't focus on is gonna bring you fame and whatever yeah but because I think you put yourself in the best place to be you know, creative, to be relaxed with the right people. So I think that's often a mistake that we do, people do, whatever, doing the other way around. So you focusing on the end, and that makes no sense. It's kind of like you're looking for a partner, and then you focus on what you're going to do when you're going to be together. And uh, when you're together on a date the first time, you're not your best self because you're thinking about some other weird shit in the future. <laughs> yeah. But if you focus on the moment and you're your best self, then they're going to like you, right? Yeah. So you kind of like the other way around. Um, okay. And so from your experience, right, and your, and your own opinion and vision and stuff, what would you give as an advice to younger tattooers? You know, there are many things that can be said, but like if you say, okay, look, you know what? Amongst many things, I would suggest you this. I think um, we're talking about, you know, I'm talking to a different generation from mine. Like, so there's, um, you know, somebody that is in their 20s and who start tattooing is 20 plus years difference there. Like, so my advice is probably I'll sound like a fucking grandma by saying it to them because I think where I come from is so different of where people are now. But um, so if I, and I'm, I'm going to embrace that. I'm just going to be that person to say things like work hard and smart. Like it can't be just smart, it's hard, it needs to be smart as well. 
don't take yourself too seriously. Don't make, just, just, don't, the number one thing, like what you put your attention on is what is going to give you back. So if you put your attention on being whatever kind of, and I want to say this without offending anybody, um, don't make yourself a person with a thousand labels on them because that is not going to give you shit. Like labels, like I'm playing, and I'm saying that because I've been asked and I'm so happy you haven't done it. What it is like to be a woman in the tattoo industry. I'm not a fucking woman in this. I'm a tattooer. Like concentrate on that. What are you doing? Like who you are, what people is telling you around, like to define yourself in fucking ways that maybe already don't make sense to you. That's bullshit. That is not looking in and finding out who you truly fucking are. Hard work does. Working hard and loving something and focusing and studying and improving what you do on a daily basis is what really fucking teaches you who you are as a person. So I think I, I just, that's my advice. Like don't get lost in the whatever fucking short bio flags or, you know, on the outside, just just go in. Like, the fight is within yourself every single day, like, to be better, and that's it. Then, if that's what you want to be, like, you know, just, like, having a thousand different personalities and, like, names for yourself, fine, but, you, you know, that's your priority. Your priority is to be a good tattooer. Hard work will make you a good tattooer. Studying being humble, surrounding yourself with people that want to get better, that, you know, challenge you, what you do, and themselves is what is going to make you a better person and a better tattooer overall, I think. My fucking, you know, two cent of opinion is that. Beautiful. That's it. Good. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. It resonates. <laughs> and where can people find you? We're gonna put all the contacts in the mm -hmm. in the you know in the text and stuff. But where can people find you, reach you, see your stuff? I've seen you've been unfortunately, you know, hacked and stuff. So yeah. but where can people see your stuff, get a hold of you if they wanna get tattooed, come say hi, buy your stuff? Everything's like uh, Instagram, I think, is the easiest. You can send me emails for there, like I don't I get back to DMs as well, and then, you know, kind of like shift them into the emails. So I'm already quite disorganized. So at least I try to have everything in one place. Um, yeah, mostly that. And then if you're in London, come to Redpoint. Um, Instagram, I don't use Facebook, so don't bother. Um, yeah, and on Instagram, there's my email, there's, there's everything there. So awesome. that'll be enough. Claudia, thank you so much. Thank you. This was beautiful. Thanks a lot. Thanks again. Thank you guys. Thank you. Awesome.